guys, and welcome back to another episode of We Believed You, a paranormal podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Eric. And today's guest is, you've actually heard his a story from his before. Um, well, I guess it was from his mother's perspective because his mother's the one that sent in the story. Uh, she's our dad's cousin. Uh, so I guess that makes him our second cousin. And, you know, I guess we just we just call each other cousins. Um, primos. Um, so, yeah, she um, she sent in the story about the place that he works at. Uh, so I'm sure that's going to be one of the stories he's going to tell. So I, I'm kind of excited to hear from his perspective. Uh, and yeah, uh, without further ado, this is our uh, cousin Martin. Hey, Martin. Hello, guys. How's it going? Uh, great, great. It's okay. a pleasure to be here with you and to share uh, the many, many stories that lies in old Matamoros. Yeah, so um, let let them know what, what it is that you do. Uh, because and why I was you just have so many of these stories. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say he's a historian, and and, I, and that's accurate. Um, but I, I don't want to like just, I don't know if that's like a blanket kind of term. So I don't know if there's something more specific, like, you're, like you have a more specific title. Um, and also before he, he does begin, I, I do want to say that he just invited me... Uh, recently to um something that he's going to be doing this coming saturday so i'm kind of excited i'm really i'm like i'm trying to do everything that i can to be able to go to that uh so if he, if you want to talk about that a little bit after you introduce yourself as well uh definitely talk about that for a bit uh yes uh, well my name is martin arellano and uh, well you could say that i am now the official historian of matamoros Nice. Uh, I work in the historical archives of Matamoros, and I am in the charge of the digitalization of the historical records of Matamoros, dating back to 1784 all the way to 1996 on the new the newspapers. And and correct me if I'm wrong. I think you just posted this on Facebook recently. You just finished digitalizing like a complete set of something, correct? Oh yes, the, that is uh, the uh, well uh, one of the most important parts of the archives because uh, are the uh, uh, judicial uh, part of the archives dating back to 1822 to 1950, uh, 3,292 files oh digitalized in pretty much like uh, one year and a half. Uh, just done by me, by myself. That's why I know pretty well the archives and the, the uh, things that uh, lie down there. Hmm. Wow, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Martin's doing what Dan does for fun because we had a, we've had a guest on who who does this kind of stuff. Like he like uh, he's a paranormal. I guess yeah, he's part of the paranormal uh, group um, as well of. Uh, paranormal journal no yes yes the paranormal journal yes yes <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry sorry guys i i apologize um but yeah so he's part of that group and and um so when he when they go on an investigation he's the one that usually tries to like dig into old uh, like the city's files and stuff to find out the history of the places that they go and uh that they go and do and he does that for fun so uh it's crazy that you know 
that's like your job. And uh, I know you're really passionate about it. I've, you know, I've seen you talk, I've heard you talk about it and I've seen your posts on Facebook and stuff like that. So uh, that's awesome, man. When you can turn your passion into, you know, like Michelle does, you know, I mean, I do it too, obviously, <laughs> but <laughs> when you can turn your passion into, you know, your, your job, job, you know, it's not really so much a job. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to say too, I don't think we actually mentioned where Matamoros is. Um, so Matamoros is right across from Brownsville. And if you don't know where Brownsville is, you take the state of Texas, the very, very, very southern tip, like as far south as you can go to Texas, that's Brownsville. Then there's the uh, Rio Grande, and then right across of that is Matamoros. So, I mean, we spent our childhoods crossing back and forth to visit family and just hang out. So, yeah, that's that's how close Matamoros is, or to give you guys some idea of like where we're talking about. Yes, because uh, I I don't want to confuse you guys because there are very many Matamoros in Mexico in Mexico. Uh, like there is uh, one Matamoros in Coahuila, one Matamoros in Puebla, and the and the like. So <laughs> yes, I didn't even know uh, that. But, yeah, yes, I didn't. I didn't uh, but uh, or Matamoros is the most uh, famous one. Yeah. Okay. That's the one where if you hear it in a in a song or or something, it's it's probably referring to this Matamoros. Michelle, I'm I'm pretty sure you're gonna be upset. You're gonna miss this. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, as part of the municipal program, because I work for the municipal government of Matamoros, uh, we are going uh, to do a monthly activity. And I work, uh, well, the archive is part of the Casamata Museum. Casamata is one of the oldest museums in Matamoros, dating back to the 1970s. And I am doing a legend tour and a spooky tour in the museum. And I am going to talk about the legends and the ghosts that haunt the, the, the museum. Uh, Casamata Museum is famous because it's a very haunted place. And I have experienced a lot of things because I have stayed uh, very late in the night and it's pretty scary and, <laughs> and whenever there is an event i don't want to stay late because of the things that deal there so oh i am going to do that tour as a monthly activity i am going to give a, even more tours in different uh, um, places like all uh, hospital militar uh, which is now an school uh, an art school and also in the old cemetery in the 13th Street. So uh, this is not going to be the only tour. And I am going to give you guys in advance uh, the schedule of the tour and the day. And uh, I am going, I trying to uh, do these tours on Saturdays because most people uh, have a job. Um, well, the Saturday is the, the most um, perfect Convenient. day to, to do them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so. I'm excited. And for those of you, the uh, Hospital Militar is a military hospital. So that was converted into an art school now. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of like same thing that happened at Fort Brown, where it was a, a fort and now it's a university. Um, so I when you were talking about it, I was getting chills and I had like this huge smile, like grin on my face because like that's, uh, you know, 
uh, Michelle, well, if if you whenever he does start releasing the schedule, you have to try and figure out a way to yeah. get down here on one of those weekends so we can go uh, go check that out. I was about to say one, if you don't go to this first one, I'm going to be very upset with you. <laughs> but two, yeah, next time I plan a trip to Brownsville, I need to make sure that it will coincide with an event so that we can try and go because that would be an amazing podcast episode too. <laughs> so yeah, that'd be great. Alrighty. Uh so I guess yeah, let's get let's get into this, Michelle. Let your let your question fly. Alrighty. <laughs> so Martin, the question that I always ask our guests to kind of get things started is uh what was your very first paranormal paranormal experience? Oh well the the very first uh paranormal experience that I had is when I was initiated into the Ajef Brotherhood. Ajef eh, a, Asociación Jóvenes Esperanza pa, para la Esperanza la Fraternidad. It, it is a Paramasonic uh, Juvenile Organization. It is like um, a high school uh, to prepare you to join the Freemasonry. So mm -hmm. I went there and I was uh, prepared to be initiated in this organization. Uh, the Masonic Lodge, Aurora Boreal, uh, numero 14, is a pretty old building dating back to the late 19th century. And I was just standing there in the door and I saw a little girl going into some kind of room and she was wearing uh, a white dress, but a pretty old, uh, turning uh, more into like yellow. And I was like, Ah, well, it's a little girl, uh, and I didn't care. So, well, so all of the ritual passes, and we ended pretty late to 10 p.m., and I asked my older brothers, hey, I saw just a little girl uh, going into, well, I already knew that those were the bathrooms, and they look each other, and there is no little girls here. And then I learned about the legend of the child. Uh, you see, in that building, there are many legends, and also it is pretty haunted, that place, that, that Masonic Lodge, uh, because it's a pretty old building, and many things happen there. Uh, and there is a lot of stories about that little girl appearing to many, many brothers across the times. Uh, one of the times they hear them singing, uh, other times uh, she appeared in the bathrooms uh, in the middle of the night. And uh, well, there is a, a kind of ritual in when they, they say lights, lights, loose, loose. And uh, one brother, hear uh, and uh, a voice in, in a very very faint that say here aquí aquí luz aquí light here here but no one no no there 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 was no child in in in, in that ritual we don't allow children in those rituals uh, most of the brothers get initiated at uh, 14, uh, 15 year old, so there are no chives there. And 
there, there was also a, a story uh, involving uh, real human bones uh, because in uh, I am a Freemason, and uh, in 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 the symbols of the Freemasonry, uh, they they appear uh, the skull and bones. You see, but those mm -hmm. these uh, these were real human bones. Don't ask me where the the Freemasons got got them. The in between their ranks, there were many doctors. So I think they arranged some kind of way to get them. I don't know. That was pretty long ago. And uh, when we were teasing in a uh, ritual for initiation, uh, we handed a school to uh, one of the brothers and we told him, no, this is the school of a very wise man. But he was uh, a student of medicine. He was a student for doctor and he touched the, the school and say, but no, 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 this, this school do, doesn't belong to, to a man's. It is pretty much for, for a woman's. And we look all of each, each other, uh, what is happening. And there, there are many stories because we hear noises. Uh, we, I heard many times a, a woman laughing. Uh, things that are moving. Uh, well, uh, to the people that I know that they can see things that they claim to have their, their eye opened and that they can feel a lot of things that uh, normal people uh, don't feel. Uh, uh, they say that a Masonic uh, Lodge, Aurora Boreal, numero 14, is like a whirlpool of paranormal activity Ooh. and energy. It's like a constant battle so like a between good vortex. and evil. Uh, like, so, yeah, yes. Michelle said um, it right now, and I and I was going to say the same thing. So, like, a probably like a vortex or something that's there where they're just energy, you know, I guess, comes gathers. in and out. And get, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yes. Well, and, and, and not, it... not only Freemasons. Well, well, not only Freemasons go there, also uh, the Rosencruz uh, order, which is a very secret order that if you look in the internet, you won't find any anything about them. Um, they also go there and I don't know what they do, but they do very heavy um, spiritual rituals. Uh, in the very, very, yeah. they are very secret. Uh, I don't know, but pretty heavy things happen there. Huh. Well, I mean, first, like, first, it's it's crazy that you were able to get like validation uh, from what what you saw about the little girl. Like, it wasn't just you seeing randomly seeing a little girl. Like, you know, there's multiple stories of this little girl being there so you know that's awesome that you you were able to get like that type of validation for that experience and yeah the rosicrucians are like well the little that i do know about them because like you said they're so secretive i can only imagine what kind of rituals and stuff they're they're doing or energies that they're bringing into these spaces and rituals that's that's crazy and I had never heard of of, uh, of them. So this uh, this Freemason 
uh, group that you you belong to, uh, it sounds like something. I believe it's something similar to what I knew some guys in high school did as well, called the Demolay. I think they were also like some something having oh, to do with the Freemasons yes. as well. Yes, the the Demolay order is the equivalent to a Hef. A Hef is in Latin American countries, oh, okay. and Demolay is in the United States, Canada, and United Kingdom and the like. Also, there is another story involving. Uh, Meliton Cross. Meliton Cross was a very famous merchant in Matamoros. And okay, he pause was real quick. I'm one... sorry. I don't mean to. I don't mean yeah. to interrupt you, but yeah, uh, that's the, the. These are the people that own Casa Cross, right? Or they were. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, Continue. He, sorry. He, he's the one that also built the Casa Cross, which is just a half a block, uh, uh, afar from the lodge. But yes, uh, no, don't don't worry, and. Well, one time there was a brother that entered the lodge. He was about to be initiated. He saw uh, a strange uh, gentleman with uh, very strange clothes. They very old, and he asked uh, where the older uh, people were, and he said, "Ah, just upstairs." And he went upstairs, and that is very strange because if you don't know. Where the lodge is, you don't go upstairs. You just stand there and don't know what to do. And well, now the ritual happens and the like. And they, all of the other brothers ask this guy, hey, how did you get here? I don't know. There was a, a, a gentleman down there that pointed me to, to this direction. Ah, yes, he is in the... And he pointed to the photo of Meliton Cross. Oh, he was the first <laughs> master of Aurora Boreal dating back to 1883. And wow. also uh, another very important Freemason in the history of Matamoros, Miguel Sainz Gonzalez died in the stairs of a heart attack. So uh, uh, there are some people that claim that they have seen Miguel Sainz Gonzalez there. When I'm sorry, when did he die? Uh, he died in 1927. Uh, okay. Mm. Uh, the reason I'm asking is because, um, so I've talked about the Casa Cross in um, previous, in oh. another episode, in a couple other episodes. I've was actually, that the, the, the one that is like creepy and nobody really wanted to tell you about it. Yeah. So I went, um, I went to the house recently and uh, I told them, you know, that I was, I had a podcast and it was a paranormal podcast. And I was just wondering if I could get like a tour to get the history of the house and speak with anybody who possibly had any kind of paranormal experiences. And then one lady kind of like, she kind of like stopped and looked back at another lady that was sitting at the desk and they kind of looked at each other. And then she the, the other lady started talking. She was like, no, we don't offer any tours. You cannot come in here. She's like, if you want, I can give you the history of the house, but that's it. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, sure. That's fine. So then she printed out a paper. I think I lost the paper, to be honest with you. But now that I have Martin, I feel like I really don't need the paper. <laughs> so I could just get the history from the, uh, the house from him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was just really weird. So now, well... I've been wanting to try and see if I can somehow reach out to people who have worked there before and who have maybe had experiences. I know I did talk to the, the gentleman that um, the, that the parking attendant, like the guy that takes care of the parking lot. 
uh, he, he I'd have a, a recording of him just telling me a bunch of experiences and stuff that he's heard and seen that have happened you know, inside and around the house. So that's one person uh, I do. I would like to see if I could find other people who have worked there before or who could, you know, uh, give me, you know, stuff that they've experienced. Or, um, I mean, unless Martin, you have a connect that you can get me to a, an interview with some people. I mean, that would be amazing um, because it's it's just the, the house, like, the inside looks like it was remodeled, but the house outside looks like it's it hasn't been taken care of in a while. So you would like if just passing by, you would almost think that the house is abandoned. But like once I looked in through the window during like working hours, oh. there's actually a couple ladies in there and the whole inside from what I could see did look like refurbished. Oh, yes. Uh, actually, it's pretty sad that a cross house is closed to the public. I don't know why they decided to share in. I think they are like offices or something. I don't know. What I do know is that uh, the the Cross family has a very, very uh, special uh, story. The father of Meliton Cross uh, fell in love with an African slave in South, Car uh, South Carolina, and they escaped to Mexico because uh, here in Mexico, well, uh that that wasn't there wasn't a big deal of the matter with the marriage uh and well i think one of the daughters of Meliton cross uh, fell in love with someone uh, which was poor and Meliton cross uh locked away the daughter and some say that if you pass in the in the night you can see a woman uh, staring out of the uh, very top window. Oh I my have fucking during god! Dude. Finish your thought, and I'm <laughs> yes, gonna I'm gonna tell you something, and I'm gonna tell you something that kind of crazy. But go ahead and finish your thought. <laughs> uh, well, I have been there at two, three a.m. I have passed uh, down uh, to cross house in, in the street, and I have looked into the window of what I think is the attic, but I have never seen something like that. People say that they have passed and they have seen a woman staring to the, to the street uh, in which I believe is the attic. I, I don't know. Uh, I think uh, uh, Senora Elsa Cross, which is a direct descendant of the Cross family, it still has all of the original furniture, and she also donated uh, an, a precious album of photos of old Matamoros dating back to the 1904 to the 1934. Uh, I think that she has a lot of stories, and I think she lives in Brownsville still, uh, and there's just a single descendant here in Matamoros of the Cross family, and I think that he has a lot more information about the story of the house and the like. Hmm, that, that, I mean, if I could somehow, I, I, I don't know, I, I'm going to try and see if I can reach out to at least if I can find her somehow, the Elsa, Elsa Cross here in Brownsville, I, I will try, I'll probably try and reach out to her. I'm pretty sure she's going to, I don't know. I, I, I'm also very pessimistic. I'm hoping she'll say yes, <laughs> but fingers crossed she says I mean, I'm hoping she says yes, but I'm like, my mind is like, oh, she's going to say no. But 
so <laughs> and then if i mean somehow if i could get in uh, like an interview with the descendant in matamoros as well that'd be amazing but so it, it's crazy that you say what you said because so the, when i started kind of not getting infatuated with the house but when i like i've i had always seen it i never really thought anything about it but then there was this one day that we were going for sushi that at a little plaza that's down the street, like literally at the other end of the block. And we parked our car in, in the parking lot of the Casa Cr- uh, Cross. And we had our nephew and our nie- and our two nieces. And we were there and jokingly, mind you, like I didn't, I've, this is the first time I'm hearing you say this. Uh, we haven't, haven't talked about the Casa Cross. I don't think before, I, I think we, I said it something about it in passing, but we didn't go into detail about it or you didn't talk to me about any of this. And this incident happened before that conversation anyway. So we get out of the car and we start talking about the house. And because, like I said, it looks, you know, a little bit run down from the outside. And, uh, and I jokingly said to my nephew, I was like, look, the house is haunted. I said, if you look up in that, like in that window, which was that wind, that attic window in the back of the house, I said, you, there's somebody standing there. And I said that completely <laughs> jokingly. Uh, and I mean, then my wife told me, just tell him you're kidding. I said, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but then like I started taking pictures of around the, the entire house. But I don't know. I Maybe like in like just I'm just said it jokingly, but I was actually like. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know something. But it's just crazy that you said that. And. And I had said that to him jokingly, like before this, like, this has been months. This was months ago, yeah. like months and months and months. I would say <laughs> almost close to a year ago that, that, that was the case. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. Cause, and, and again, like from some of the stuff that I've heard from, from the gentleman that I said that the parking attendant outside, uh, it was some pretty crazy stuff. I haven't shared any of it on the podcast yet. I do still have the recording. Um, some of the stuff is pretty, pretty intense. So that's crazy maybe you really have to look into it then now because yeah yeah (laughs) but it just seems like that whole area that whole downtown area uh right i mean it's it's pretty haunted i guess my thing yeah well that Uh, that too well the the thing is that well uh, all of the downtown of matamoros uh even if you go to to the main plaza to the main square is pretty haunted uh, we have many examples of that, like, for example, uh, Casa Galvan Malo, which is now uh, offices of the municipal government. Nobody wants to stay there wow. uh, after the 4 p.m. in which is the official schedule of the government, because they say that uh, I don't know if the girl committed suicide or, or died of uh, an electric shock. Or something really bad happened there because they say that a little girl appears and closes the doors. Um, I don't know. She throws away the papers, uh, knocks the doors and the windows, uh, makes your life impossible. That's why mm-hmm. nobody wants to stay there. And, they, and many employees... Uh, since, uh, well, the house has been rented to the municipal government like uh, 20 years now. And many employees uh, have 
seen this girl in Casa Galvan Mal, which is just around the municipal palace in, in, in the plaza. And well, also, we have many, many examples of this, but the, the places that you want to focus is old hospital militar, el hospital militar viejo, uh, old military hospital. It has been hospital dating back to 1832, 1833, uh, dating back to the Texas Revolution. It's a very, very, very old site. And you want to focus there, which is, uh, well, we know we know it as Bellas Artes, which is in Iturbide and 8th Street. Do you want to focus in, in Casamata, which I work? Uh, well, I am the old cemetery in the 13th Street, dating back to the, I don't know, 1826, 1838, which uh, the old uh, cemetery was built. Yeah, I um let if you're giving us an option, I kind of want to hear about Casamata because I feel like if that's where you've like mostly like that's where you work out of, uh, I'm sure that's where you've had the most experiences. So like I definitely want to hear like this, like I said, the mention the story that your mother had sent in that we, we did discuss, but again, this you're now you're hearing it from the source uh, and any other experiences that you've had there. Obviously, if we can touch on all, all, all of them, we'll definitely do that. Yes. Uh, well, the, the very first experience, it was on Halloween. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yes. October th uh, 31st. Uh, well, that's was like, what, five years ago. And, well, Casamata, uh, for those who, who don't know, uh, for the guys hearing us, Casamata was uh, part of the fortification system of Matamoros because Matamoros was a fortified city in the 19th century. So Casamata was part of that, and it is the only fort that survived out of the tent that surrounded Matamoros. Well, oh, wow. so there was a lot of battles there in Casamata many people died so well it has a lot of a uh, negative energy right so well it was halloween and the and in the time the administration of the government decided not to do uh, any altar de los muertos uh, there is no such thing and the like so we're not going to do anything about Dia de los Muertos, uh, Day of the Dead. And, well, that was a mistake because the spirits of Casamata were mad, were upset. And, well, as always, I was in a band pretty late, uh, 11 p.m. And I was the only employee. I, had, I was the only one who had the keys to, ac to access other parts of the museum. And we have this auditorium where we keep an old piano that doesn't work. It doesn't work anymore. That piano, it doesn't work. So like it, it doesn't have the strings or it's out of tune or the, the keys don't like hit the strings. Like, what do you mean by it doesn't work? Uh, it, it doesn't work because uh, I, I don't know if it doesn't have the string 
Uh, the the thing is that uh, it doesn't sound uh, pretty high. Okay. So if you play it, it, it will be a very faint sound. I see. And also okay. the audio term is way back in the in the main square of the fort. So it is pretty hard for someone to play that piano and that you hear it all the way to the front. That is not mm. normal. It is not possible because the piano is inside an auditorium and even in, in normal circumstances, uh, you can hear the music that is playing inside. But that time, I hear the piano all the way to the main square of the fort. And I was, oh my God, I supposed <laughs> not to be here. And yeah. I started running. And my mother was there with my little brother. And, and I was freaked out. I just... I, I didn't want to go in and investigate who was messing around with that piano. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to run away and get out of here. And my mother tried to calm me down because if we all three got into panic, well, that, that was not going to work. <laughs> and I was like, just, I, I don't know what is that. I don't want to investigate let's out of here let's get out of here and we drove away we we get to the street and we still hear the piano and i mean that's not normal that is wow. not normal no 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 and well I, I don't know what happened after i just locked uh, uh, uh all of the <laughs> all of the keys all of the doors and let's get out of here uh next morning uh well nothing was lost and anything but well uh, at the place where the piano is is auditorium maria del pilar and if you go inside maria del pilar alone uh, you will feel uh, anger like someone is watching you oh as that <laughs> someone is there but it, nobody's there and it's very quiet it's, it's very quiet. It's it, it that that is a strange place to be. Like like it's too quiet. Like it shouldn't be that quiet. Yes. Ugh. Look, man. I just. Oh my god. <laughs> Every time you fucking tell us a story, I like my, I have goosebumps right now. I ha I don't think I've stopped <laughs> having goosebumps this entire interview so far. Uh, <sighs> and it's it's awesome to be able to hear this from you because I think when when we read the story, we had some questions about the piano, like. How like, because obviously you're saying now that the even if you do play the piano, like it's it's very faint, so it's not like you can hear it. So like, I think one of the questions that we asked was like, maybe there was like maybe like, not saying that the place is dirty or anything, but like you know rats get into places, you know. So like maybe something like crawled across the keys or or we had questions like that. But being able to hear you and, and ask you these questions is awesome because now you get to like debunk some of those questions that we had. And again, like. Now, like now I'm kind of more excited like and I'm, like I said I, I'm gonna do everything possible like I what I'm disappointed in is is I don't have a recorder to like because it was obviously with your permission if I could like put a recorder down somewhere and, and see if something can be heard later on uh, I'm gonna have to yeah I'm gonna have to see if dad has like a, a digital recorder or something sure that I can does. borrow uh because I, I don't want to leave my phone there because I obviously would like to 
take pictures in other places and stuff like that if that's possible uh, like i said I, I'll, I'll talk to you about this later and see what i can and can't do and but i'm that's that kind of scared like i would kind of want to stay in the room just to see if i could feel whatever that is but i at the same time i'd be kind of scared to to do that <laughs> yeah because I, I don't want anything like coming home with me and you know so. Uh, well, and, and to add something, uh, and this is pretty important, the piano has a lid o over the keys, uh -huh. and Sala Maria del Pilar was locked, and I was the only employee with a key to access that room. Nobody at the time was in the museum. No one. So there is no way someone could get inside because there's what there was no no one in the museum but me so there's like absolutely no way that it was another person so like i feel like you know every all these details that you're giving us like that just further like tells us like how creepy this whole situation actually was because um yeah yeah if if you know you're the only one in there you're the only one that can has the keys and everything that just that's even even worse. <laughs> yes. Um, well, uh, also there was another time in which I was inside the, uh, in my office in the archives and there's these big windows that, that the archive has and I, and I was just sitting next to the, to the window in my desk and it, it, it was pretty late, 9 p.m., 10 p.m., and someone knocks the window from outside uh, uh, no. <laughs> and i was like no no no! i am not going to look i am not yeah. going to turn <laughs> i am going to stay focused i don't know if it was watching a youtube video or something like that because there was a meeting uh in, in the conference room i don't know what was that about but no I am not going to look. I am not going to look. I don't know. If I don't see it, it doesn't exist. Smart go. man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. And well, another time, uh, well, before we have an schedule from 9, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., uh, most of the personnel go out at 4 p.m. So there was at least uh, one hour in which there was only two employees inside the archives and i was talking uh, about uh, i was talking with the secretary uh, senora juani uh, which is now retired and there is uh, a small hallway uh, between all of the thousands of boxes that are in the archives like i think they they are like 2500 boxes of full of uh, documents the thing is that there is a hallway uh, at the back of the archives and there are levels with colors. And I, I don't know if you have experienced that impulse that you look because you saw something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, someone with uh, a clothes, uh, a yellow clothes pass in, in that hallway. And Senora Juani also looked and we both look each other and we definitely say and confirm that someone passed yeah. in that hallway and we were the only ones in that in that area because that area of the archive it's forbidden to anyone else 
Mm. And we were the only ones, uh, and also the, the, the policemen outside of the office in, in during that time when we saw we saw that 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 thing, that person, and I was like, ah, I, I just want to get out of here. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and um Senora Juani uh, when she started to work in the archives in, in in this area, she said that she was working in the computer and she here when you turn the, the pages of a book too fast and when she turned around she saw how the, the pages were turning by themselves. Oh my god. Uh, and there was she, no wind, no fans, nothing. No, like that. no, there was no fans, there was no nothing there, there was no one. And she just turned around to the computer and said, Ah, let's keep working. <laughs> if I don't see it, it doesn't exist. Oh my gosh. And yeah. there was uh, another secretary, uh, Senora Maria Luisa, which she was digitalizing something and we had a very big uh, table when we have the computer and the scanner for the documents and the like. And I don't know if she was going to throw away something. And she turns to the table to look down. And she saw, have you seen the, the boy uh, of the movie, The Grudge? Which, oh, which no. is pale, yeah. uh, oh. pretty pale, uh, almost yeah. white. Yeah. Well. She she saw a child with those characteristics, and she was shocked. She was freezed because the the boy was standing near her feet. Oh my oh, god, dude! No, uh, oh. it, it, it's like when I can't even make that worse in my mind. Like that's the worst. You you turn around and there's a little fucking kid like just oh. just, just standing there, or even like pale and, though like ghostly no so so okay i you i don't know if y'all can will be able to hear this but you, martin just finished saying that and these dogs started going crazy outside yeah i heard them okay see continue, the ghost man. of the little kid oh my god dude i, I have <laughs> no, not no. i swear I, to god I, that I is not stopped. the worst part oh, oh no <laughs> <laughs> because uh she she just stared the kid and the kids just uh, just let uh, do this like shh, with a finger in, in his oh. lips. And she now just... I got full body chills. Dude, why, <laughs> dude? Yes. Um. Well, back at the time, uh, this uh kind of topics uh scared me uh, a lot, but mm, from uh, time on to this day, uh, I have lost the fear. Or of mm. this kind of topics and experiences. Uh, the, the only thing, uh, the only rule is do not talk about this on Fridays. That is, that is the only rule that I have. Okay. And why is that? Why is that? Because uh, in Friday, it, it is the most uh, spiritual day of the week. Uh, let me tell you, all of the dark witches, all of the dark magicians that do awful things, they work, they do these uh, uh, things on Fridays. And the, the spirits, they can hear you on Fridays. 
You see? It it's is... a good thing we don't fucking record on Fridays, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, because uh, you will attract things if you talk about them on Friday. So that is the only rule. Uh, but uh, uh, actually, uh, in the past days, there was some kind of invader in my in my house. I don't know if it was a demon or a ghost uh, because because I was feeling sad and I was feeling feel angry all of the time. And there was this friend that came to check uh, my truck and he said, hey, man, do, do you have uh, something pretty heavy in your house? I don't want to even to go uh-huh. in there. And I was pretty mad because they were invading my house. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, salte de aquí, ahorita, en este momento, lo que sea, que, que, que sea, órale, ahorita. Whatever it is, I don't know who you are or what you are, but get out of my house. Yeah. And that worked. Oh, wow. yeah, that's that's what they say. Like, if there's something, like, you have to stand your ground. If you're afraid of it, are you just, like, feeding it? you know, that fear and that's, and they get stronger and stuff. So yeah, sometimes you just have to put your foot down and be like, get the fuck out of my house. Just like you did. It's exactly Dude, right. I swear our family's fucking powerful, bro. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yes. And um, well, and the latest, the latest uh, experience that I have is when the lady that closes the museum uh, was on a vacation or something, I don't know. And they ordered me, hey, Martin, can you close the museum? Oh, right. Yes. All right. And well, for one experience that we had, uh, someone closed the exhibition halls, but with people inside. Uh, unfortunately, this was a friend of mine. <laughs> and she called me. I was in, sitting in, oh in, my in my couch. And she tells me, hey, I am locked, locked inside oh the exhibition gosh. halls of the museum. Can you get out of me here? <laughs> and I oh was my God. Oh, all right. I I I be going. I am on my way, and I just uh, opened the museum and let her away. So I have this rule: always uh, ask. There is someone inside. Oh no! Oh Jesus! Oh, right. no. I already know what's coming. I know. <laughs> and they, oh, and well. The exhibition halls are if you go in a group of people. It's normal. It's, there are just three sections of exhibition halls, and that is pretty normal. But if you go, even in the day, alone, the the hall is eternal. It I, I don't know. It makes you feel that it's pretty long, and it's very quiet. That's why I don't go in there and check if someone is there. I just... just uh, ask is someone there and I open the crystal doors and from the entrance of the exhibition halls I ask in a loud voice is someone there and I hear a whistle from the inside uh, oh my god dude uh, uh. yes like oh no, uh. <laughs> like I am here, and I was just like, no me de chiflando, uh, don't whistle me, but in Spanish, and I closed the door. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Oh 
the the people that I know uh, that they can see ghosts and the like, they claim that there are three soldiers guarding Casamata. Three soldiers that uh, they are keeping their post forever, and the guards that in the museum they have seen them in the in the roof of the fort and they also have seen uh like what is i don't know if it's a dog or something like that because you see that animals when in in, in the night they have these glowing eyes yeah well they they claim to see like they think it's a dog but uh, i don't know it can be another thing or another animal or even worse something else a hellhound that, yes that that is in the roof of the fort and he just look, looks them between the troneras troneras is like a small hole where you put your rifle to shoot to mm. shoot mm. okay so seeing that at 2 a.m it, it is not a nice thing no mm. Definitely. Uh, Can you imagine that? Like, just through those peepholes, like, you just see glowing eyes looking at you through that? Nope. No, thank you. No. And also, (laughs) the witches that supposedly appear in an old form, because uh, here in Mexico, it's uh, a pretty common belief that the witches transform themselves in owls and lechuzas. uh, Lechuzas. That if you see a very and abnormally large owl, that that is a witch, and they and the the owls that are in the museum, which is part of the local uh, fauna, yes, of, of the river, it, it includes owls. But these owls are pretty large, and they always place themselves in the same spot in the tower of the fort. Mm-hmm. Why is that? I don't uh... know. And the the old lady that appears in the conference room, and mm-hmm. also the girl that committed suicide during the French intervention because uh, she was going to marry an a French officer. Uh, she didn't like it, so she threw herself all the way from the tower of the fort to the ground, and she died there. And most of the policemen. They say that they see a girl wandering in the grounds of the museum. I, I and I mean this kind of has something to do with it, but also slightly off topic, I guess. But like, I I wonder why owls are so like attached to lore, whether it's it's witches or lechuzas or like, I mean, people have also said it has it's like a symbol of like aliens and like or extraterrestrials and stuff like that but it's always owls like you don't mm. hear about a dove or you know what i mean like i, I don't know there's something weird about owls or i, I don't know uh, well it's not only owls it's also guajolotes or turkeys, turkeys. Yeah. Huh. guajolotes because for example if you see a, a black guajolote flying, mm-hmm. that is not a good sign because well, yeah. a, a, a guajolote, guajolotes are not all black. Yeah. No. And well, while 
turkeys can fly short distances, but flying in high yeah. in, in high sky that is not normal. That is yeah. not an animal. Also, the black dogs. If you mm. see a pretty huge dog, which is a black, that is not a good sign. It, it is what we know in Mexico as Nahuales, which is oh. a really interesting topic. Nahuales. Nahuales are witches and magicians that can transform in animals. Mm -hmm. I think we briefly touched right, on them in the, yeah. in the episode that we did on Lechuzas. Um, we uh, briefly touched oh, yeah, yeah, on yeah, Nahuales. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I was just struggling to figure out how the to Nahuales. say it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Maybe we need to do a deep dive on them. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that'd be interesting. For sure. Because I'd never heard of that. The, the the dog I've heard of, like a big black dog, I, I've heard that mentioned but before. Like Obviously, like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, and then the lechuzas, obviously, that's that's like a common, you know, folklore that you, you hear about all the time. The, the the turkeys, the black turkeys flying through the air, I've never heard of that. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. And I like Michelle said, I think it is something that we're going to have to try and deep dive is Nahuales so we can get a little bit more familiarized with uh, uh, with that lore and stuff like that. Cause... And, and also fireballs. If you see fireballs floating around in the fields, stay away from them. Oh because... my god, Ugo! Yes, yes! I just it popped into my head. He was, what, episode two? Yeah, he, he talked about in a, a rancho. I don't remember where he said the rancho was. It was it, it was in, Me in Mexico. But he said that he he uh, he was staying in a, in a, one of the houses. His uncles. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was his uncle or his grandfather. Ugo, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm definitely gonna make him listen to this episode because he, episode because he's a real history buff. So I think he and he's from Matamoros, so I think he'd like to to hear this story. And then it's, and right now ex you'll explain it. But I just want to give you a little bit of background. Is he said that he was he was in the house on the uh, like it was i guess separate from the main house in, in the rancho and they were like i guess essentially what's the living room and he was looking out of a window that was in the kitchen that was like directly in front of him and he said in the field he saw this ball of floating light uh i don't know he didn't really describe it as fire but you're saying fireball and that i mean it could could be that uh so he saw that and he just saw it kind of floating at can't remember now what he said happened or if he blinked or turned away and turned back and it was just gone went back to sleep okay he just went back to sleep so like, now Mar <laughs> yeah so now martin explain <laughs> what this means because we had no idea and i i'm sure if he would have known he would have mentioned it but he didn't so ugo i'm gonna make you listen to this episode <laughs> so open up your ears and listen to what martin's about to say <laughs> And uh, well, also has to do with the local legends of, of the rural rural folks here in Matamoros. It, it is part of the region, the legend of La Luz Llanera, or the plain light. Uh, this legend says that there is a light in form of a sphere, in form of a bowl, that it wanders around in the middle of the night and if you be pretty unlucky to encounter it you are going to be dead the oh last person <laughs> the, the last person that claimed to encounter this uh, thing la luz llanera 
he tried to run away with his horse and he managed to hear subete a mis ancas papi or something like that like get on on on, on my horse or something like that but with a woman voice and he mm -hmm. uh managed to get to his house and he felt pretty ill and they called a, a witch and she said that uh, she didn't she, she didn't have uh could uh help him because it was too late and that person died like the uh, two days later so that that is a legend among the peasants here in matamoros la, la okay, lucianera Hugo, don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, he survived. He didn't die. So, yeah. I mean, unless somebody else saw the lights that night and... And it took else... them instead. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, well, but also it can be witches because... Uh, and you will hear this uh, <clears throat> story in All of Mexico. Uh, that witches travel in a form of a fireball. Hmm. It's pretty common. Interesting. So I just got chills again. <laughs> and I feel like we've been saying that the entire episode. But legitimately, guys, like yeah. I, I would not be saying this if this like we, we've said it in other episodes and, and it's been like sparingly, you know, but I, for whatever reason, just today, or maybe it's because we're like I'm so close to the border where these things most most yeah. of, like most of the things most of these things have happened that I'm just like, holy shit, dude. Like that's like right here, you know? So it's, it's a lot closer and a lot more like real, I guess, you well, know? And, and I think because, I mean, obviously not all of these stories, but some of these stories, like there's like, there's a, a connection to them. Like, I mean, this story here with like, oh my gosh, like Ugo told us about something similar that he saw. And now we're getting some sort of like validation and how, you know, there's someone that stands in the window of that one building. And like, that's what you told your nephews kind of yeah. thing. And you know what I mean? Like there's been little connections like that, that we like have happened to us. So it feels a little bit closer than just somebody telling a scary story kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, but also they have been creepy fucking stories, like a child telling me to hush. Like, no, <laughs> like that's <laughs> awful. It's because uh, I picture like the kid, I, the, from the kid the from the grudge, yeah. yeah, just sitting there like staring uh, up at you and then putting his his no uh, his finger to his mouth, like you know, like yeah, no, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna fucking yell. I'm gonna say, look, yeah. look at this kid. Like, I'm not gonna shut up. Like, you're gonna take me to hell or something. <laughs> For real. And I haven't even started to the stories of old uh, Hospital Militar, which oh are the worst. Oh, <laughs> the, the worst? We, Wait, oh my gosh. I, I, Wait, I am not even harder? starting. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, so as we were recording, we came to the conclusion that this was not going to fit into one episode. So, surprise, another two-parter only downside is this one's going to be like a little bit separate because this episode's coming out this today and then next week we have um stories of strangeness and then the week after that we have uh deep dive which i think is going to be the remote viewing michelle we'll see because i haven't read the books yet so okay so <laughs> we'll have a deep dive of some sort and then then you'll get the second part of this uh, episode with martin so this first part was insane 
uh, like I said, he had, his mom had sent in the story about the Casa Mata. So it was nice to get the, the, his like perspective or his, his, um, side of it. And to ask those questions about the piano that we did have when we did record the, the episode. Cause you know, like with, uh, Craig and who else shared a story that we ended up reading and then talked to them about, I was it Victor. Uh, probably. Yeah. So it was just, it was great to be able to have that person on again so we can actually ask them those questions that we had. Yeah, for sure. Oh, no. I think you're thinking of Jonathan. Was it? Yes. Jonathan. That's right. Jonathan. John. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, couldn't say it enough. Chills the entire time. I don't (laughs) think I didn't have goosebumps throughout that entire first half of this interview so i'm excited yeah it was good and i'm sure you guys will like it too so yeah yeah uh, if you guys want to if you guys would like to get into contact with us check out our website we believed you.com on the website there are tabs where you can find all our social medias so we so make sure to go like follow and share on our facebook instagram or our twitter there's also a listen tab where you can listen to the podcast directly on our website And you can click the link to the most popular podcasting listening sites, such as Spotify, Apple Pod, and Apple Podcast. You can also give us a five-star rating, which helps us move up in the podcast ranking so more people can find us. And if you want to leave a review as well, we will read that here on the podcast for you. If you want to rock rock any of the merch, feel free to check out our merch tab where you can find a variety of designs on t-shirts and hoodies designed by Michelle herself. There's a donate button if you really want to help us out. And finally, if y'all want to reach out, besides DMing, DMing us on social media, you can also click on the Contact Us tab where you can write in telling us that you want to be interviewed. We can keep you anonymous and share only the information that you want to share. You can also send in your stories for our Stories of High Strangeness. And if you send them in Spanish, we can translate that for you as well. So don't be shy. Share your stories with us because we believe. Do you? Do you?